Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus. Come on, well, we're glad you're here today. We're in the dark, but not in our hearts. Okay, there we go. (laughs) Come on, good morning, Love City Church. We're glad you're here with us this morning. We have a special treat. We are ending our Stop the Noise series by uh, Stephanie and I, just kind of bringing it together uh, with uh, some, just some encouraging thoughts for you today, really just to kind of look a little bit into our journey. And, um, you know, if you want to hear um, uh, the, the previous series, obviously I encourage you to go back and listen. I'm not going to recap for you this morning uh, the first three weeks, but I do encourage you to go back and listen uh, today or, or this week and just get your mind back in that place where you remember that you can have victory uh, in your mind. But not only that, we got to remember that it is a journey. It is a process. It does require a partnership on our end. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that. A few years ago, um, I was preparing for to preach uh, actually at a conference in Portland. And uh, God was just, I was looking at my life and looking at some things in my life, the journey that I had been through. And uh, I, I feel like I had came up with seven different things that I've articulated in my life, seven things to help me get unstuck in the area of my mind. Uh, and so today we're just going to share four of those things. And I felt they were appropriate for today. And so Steph and I are going to kind of go back and forth. And honey, it's an honor to, to preach with you today. Isn't she beautiful? Wow. Are you too. Come on now. Aren't you beautiful too? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Awesome. Let's just pause this feed. My wife and I go in the back and kiss. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> That's awkward. All right, there we go. But um, we're just going to get into it today. We're going to share uh, just some thoughts, really uh, some practical wisdom uh, and some encouragement for you. And I want to just uh, warn you, these are not complicated. Yes. They're very, very, very simple. And of all the people that we've connected with over the last almost 20 years of ministry, I find that often we might have one of these things or two of these things, but really this first one is really, really important. And if you don't have this first thought here today, none of the rest of it matters. Yes. And so Steph's going to go ahead and take start us there. Before we get to our first thought, though, I think it's so important as we look at what it means to be in partnership with somebody else. So today, I mean, we obviously are married, so this is in light of our marriage relationship, but I also have seen it happen with um, students that I help with in, in my job, or if maybe it's if with a parent or a loved one sometimes. I love you, mom and dad, and Sherry and Terry, but it's a funny role getting into like the older years of your life and like this, this shifting of relationship that happens with even with your own parents maybe, or maybe it's a coworker. So when we're listening to what we're having, what we're going to kind of dive into together this morning, I want to encourage you to listen, not from like the perspective of sometimes, I know I do this too, I'm guilty of this too, sometimes you listen to a sermon, you're like, oh, I hope so-and-so is listening to this, they need to hear this, this is so for them, but <laughs> listen this morning with ears to hear to say, hey, maybe I will be in some scenarios and some circumstances, the person that's going to partner with somebody in where they're at with their mental health struggles, or maybe... Also, but also have ears to listen to hear, hey, how can I be that person on the other end where maybe I'm going to need the help? Maybe I'm going to need that partnership. Maybe I'm going to need that hand-in-hand partnership to be able to move forward in the areas that I'm also struggling with. So my encouragement today is to hear it from both sides because just like Pastor Ryan's been sharing for the last few weeks is that we all struggle at some point in some way, in some shape or form with mental health things, whether it's on a daily basis or maybe it's every once in a while or uh, however it affects you. I think we all, if we're honest with ourselves, have struggles in our minds. And so um, let's hear that from kind of both perspectives as we dive into this this morning. So our first number one area that 
that needs to kind of come together in order for all it to work, just like Ryan had alluded to, is that in our walk with the Lord and, and, and putting God first in our personal, personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And so um, as we look at kind of what that means and what that looks like, we can read, I think, is this the right spot? It's right, sweetie. Look at that. It's right there. Okay. That's good. You okay? I'm good. <laughs> You'll have to know. Ryan is like... Woo, who needs notes? And I'm like, The Holy Spirit follow. will lead us. She's like, I literally need to have every word <laughs> written down. And I'm like, let's just go, babe. She's like, it doesn't work like that. Oh, so you have a little insight. So this is the verse we're on. I'm really glad. Thanks for helping me. I'm glad I could be here for you, honey. I appreciate it. See, we all need help sometimes. But Ephesians 4, 17, let's read this together as we consider what it means to fully surrender our mind, our thoughts, our actions to the Lord. It says, with the Lord's authority, I say this, live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against him. They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. But that isn't what you learned about Christ. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. And here we see that, that this kind of relationship between our mind and our body. Sometimes I think we think when we wanted to make a change, or maybe you've, you've known about Jesus for a long time, you've grown up in a Christian home maybe, or you've heard about him from someone at work, and you know about him, and you've kind of like do the Christian things where you go to church and you maybe you're part of a group. But this I think we need to really take into perspective that this is actually coming down to the very core of who we are, our minds, that if we can first start with our minds, we can first actually fully give our thoughts and our attentions, think, which is really hard to do because oftentimes we, we've done a pattern of thinking a certain way or being a certain way or living our life a certain way that is so ingrained in who we are. So this is actually probably the most challenging part is actually saying, okay, Jesus, no, I actually surrender. I actually surrender. It's like going on a diet and you're having that carrot, and but all you want to really want and you're looking at that cookie and you hate the carrot that you're eating and you don't actually want to do this and then the diet ends and you go back to all your old habits and old ways because you actually, your mind wasn't transformed. Your thoughts weren't actually renewed and transformed and, and revolutionized by what Christ has for us and by what his word says. And so this is a that truly surrendering our thoughts, our mind, our attitude, and just letting that whole thing shift and change. And then all the physical things actually just are much easier and they kind of fall into line when we actually allow our mind first to be the very first place that were renewed. If we read in Romans 12, 1 to 2, it says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him, recognizing that our mind is actually a, an organ that's part of our body. So it's giving our whole bodies, not just the physical actions that everyone else sees, but actually every single part of who we are, our mind and our body, every part of, uh, of how God created us to be able to truly be given given to him and amazing that's an act of worship yeah. unto him absolutely and it's a, it's a spiritual battle it is right it's a spiritual battle and that's one thing that we want to remind you is that in Ephesians 6:12 we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies yeah. but against evil rulers yes. and evil authorities of the unseen world yes. against mighty powers in this dark world yeah. and against the evil spirits in heavenly Places And we have to be reminded of that today, that the enemy wants to develop strongholds in our mind. And if we are not surrendered in our life to Jesus, come on, if he is not the Lord of our life, 
the Lord of our heart, the Lord of our thinking, the Lord of every area of our life, we will not see the breakthrough that we want to see in our mind. If it starts with a relationship with Jesus because we recognize that the devil is out to still kill and destroy and that this is not just a regular life. Anxiety is, is a, there's a natural chemical reaction in our bodies to anxiety, but the devil wants to capitalize on that because he knows if he can just get you in your mind, remember, he wants to keep you from knowing and having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And so we have to remember that that's the reality of that. And then if we read in 2 Corinthians 10 verse 4, it says, We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. We're not fighting against things that we naturally see. And sometimes I think we get stuck on that. Oh, this is my, I, I'm seeing this argument or this frustrating situation, and we get stuck there in the natural. But we have to remember that there's actual spiritual things happening in our minds. And maybe you're new to Jesus and this is sounding a little overwhelming to you, but trust me, there's more than to this life than what we see on the external. There's something deeper happening. There's spirits that are at war and God has given us these weapons to fight. So pick up our weapons. Let's pick up our weapons together in unison yeah. as a team in partnership. We're going to show you all the ways you can do that this morning. And we are so excited as we truly use God's mighty weapons. How amazing. We don't have to use our own um, human weapons, but these are God's mighty weapons yeah. to knock down strongholds. Come on. I realize uh, in my own journey with uh, the areas of my mind that God's way is so much better than my way. At times, God's way is harder because he wants to touch areas of my life that I don't want him to touch. I don't want him to touch that person that I need to forgive. I don't want him to touch that area of shame and guilt where I had sin. I don't want him to touch the disappointment I have with my life. I don't want him to touch those things. But that's the key to experiencing breakthrough in your life is as we read earlier and said, you have to let the spirit Renew your thoughts and attitudes, Romans 12 too. You have to let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. So I wanna encourage you today, if you're watching, you say, man, I've been stuck and I don't know what to do and I've been seeing the counselor and I've been doing this. Come on, we gotta go back to our relationship with Jesus. I remember in my own life and I, I promised I wouldn't share this in the first service. So I feel like it would be not fair for me to share it in the second service. I know what I had, this epiphany came to me that I, I was a follower of Jesus. I, I, had, I had started a journey with God, but it was, a, a, you know, several years ago, I, I remember me laying on the floor of our family room with my face to the ground and completely incapacitated because I was so depressed. And maybe I had had a little bit too much to drink or maybe I had done something, uh, you know, a sinful behavior, but I was acting out and I was to a point where I just recognized the Holy Spirit spoke. Remember this, Steph? Oh, yeah. I was laying on the floor while, my, How can I forget? while, my, while my, my wife and my two children are eating dinner and I didn't have the the mental capacity to do anything, but lay on the floor and just, I fell asleep and I laid there for hours. And it was the moment the Lord spoke to me and said, Ryan, you, you started the journey, but you stopped letting me change the way that you think. You stopped letting me have control of your mind. You stopped letting me have control of your life. And you say, Ryan, I need to stop doing these bad things. I need to stop over drinking or I need to stop sleeping around or stop looking at pornography or stop doing this. Yes, those things need to come to a stop in your life, but it will be much easier for you to wean those selfish behaviors out of your life if you first start by yielding your heart and the inner man or the inner woman to God. If you start yielding those things to God and letting them change the way that you think and letting him touch those areas of brokenness and let him touch those areas of wounds in your life and the sin in your life. Guess what? You aren't going to want to do those things anymore. Yeah. You're going to have the supernatural divine capacity to stop these areas 
of your life that maybe have not been so healthy for you. Come on, look at this verse. Uh, Whenever someone turns to the Lord, come on, that means whenever someone repents and turns from their wicked way and says, okay, God, I'm done doing this in my life. The veil is taken away. That verse means that the veil from their minds, the the veil that's keeping you from seeing breakthrough, it's, it's taken away. For the Lord is the spirit, come on, And wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Are you guys awake today? Wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is, say with me, freedom. Come on, so all of us who have had the veil removed, all of us joined together, can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord who is the Spirit makes us more and more like Jesus. And we are changed into His glorious image. Come on, He wants to change you in the area of your mind, but we got to start letting Him. We gotta let him in and say, all right, Jesus, I'm gonna start again. I'm gonna start afresh today and I'm gonna go on this new journey. Come on, let's move on to the second one here today. The second one here is very important and it's a partner, a spiritual influence or authority in your life. Now, I'm not talking about a friend. I'm not talking about a peer. I'm talking about a spiritual authority in your life. And I felt like today, I wanted to say this boldly. Again, almost 20 years of working with folks and lots of people do not have a spiritual authority or a pastor in their life speaking the truth to them. Yes. If you talk to most people in our church, every group leader we have in our church has gotten their, 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 their spiritual butts kicked by Pastor Ryan and Stephanie because they've allowed us to get into their lives and say, come on, we're gonna see this worked out in your life. I got a spiritual influence in my life too. Come on, I got people in my life and we'll get there in a second, but look at this verse in Hebrews 13, 17. Remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the word of God. What do they speak? Yes. The Word of God. They didn't speak worldly truths. They didn't speak good ideas. They didn't say, yeah, you're right. You should feel that way. Or they didn't condone the areas of of, of behavior in your life. No, they spoke the Word of God. They spoke the Word of God into your life that is sharper than any double-edged sword that cuts down to divides between spirit and soul. It cuts deep into your life. And so you need to get... You say, Brian, I'm a part of Love City Church. Can you be my pastor? Yes, I'm your pastor, but you need to get into a group because our group, every single group leader is a pastor in your life. Or maybe you're here and you say, Ryan, Love City Church is not my church. That's okay. Get into a church and get yourself a pastor. Say, Ryan, I want you to be my pastor. I love you, but you go to another church and you've got great pastors in your church. So find great pastors in your life, mentors and spiritual guides. Maybe it's your mom or your dad, or maybe it's a pastor you've had in the past, or maybe it's an older person in your life, but whatever it might be in your life, come on, you gotta find this and you gotta let them into your life and let them speak into your heart and let them speak into your mind and begin to let them minister to your heart. For me, I've had a lot of pastors in my life, and I do today. I've got, you know, three, I got two elders in my life who speak in my life. I've got apostolic leaders in my life. I got my father and my mother. I got my in-laws. But the biggest pastor in my life is my wife. My wife has been my pastor more than anyone else in my life. She's the one who keeps me accountable. She's the one that keeps me on track. She's the one that keeps me straight. She's the one that challenges me. She's the one that kicks me in the spiritual butt all the time, and I, I just hate it. Yes, you do. I just hate it. You do. But I love you, honey. I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> so she'll take off that. Okay, I'm not going to be your wife right now. I want to be your pastor. And she'll say, Ryan, that was not a good attitude. You need to shift that and change that. Come on. I got it in my life. You got to get it in your life too. He does it to me too, just in case you're I wondering. really so do. So it's great. It's a, it's a, it goes back and forth, which is good. <laughs> a really important thing to remember as you're looking at partnering with somebody is that we need the Holy Spirit. 
We need to be led by the Holy Spirit in our partnership. We can't just assume we know what, what the reason is, is why they're freaking out like this or why they're having this anxiety or fear. We think sometimes when we know, especially if you're, it's your spouse, you're like, oh, here we go again. I know this thing. This is why. But maybe we don't really know. Maybe we don't really understand the inner workings and the, and the inner things that, that are actually the deep root of what's happening. And so I want to encourage you, invite the Holy Spirit yeah, in. He yeah. is so faithful to come. I don't only do this in my relationship with Ryan, but with the kids I work with at the school, I'm asking the Holy Spirit all day long, every day, Holy Spirit, I don't know what I'm doing. This is overwhelming. I don't understand how to help this person. Would you give me your wisdom? Sometimes that wisdom is pushing and, and digging in a, a little harder. Sometimes the wisdom is stand back and just be there and just be a support in that moment. Whatever it is, the Holy Spirit is so faithful when you don't know what to do or when you think you know what to do, but then just maybe to stop and ask, Holy Spirit, what should I do here? And maybe it'll be something totally different because they know the other person, where they're at too and where and how they can respond and what they most need in that moment. So allow the Holy Spirit to lead you. I know um, this happened with a, a little guy that I work with at uh, the school I work at last year. I believe the Holy Spirit sent him into my life for this very reason, just to teach me what I thought I knew and unteach me all the things that I misunderstood about what happens when people are dealing with mental health strategies. Because like Ryan has said over the past few weeks, is in our relationship particularly, it's usually Ryan struggling and it's me trying to figure out what on earth is going on. And so um, I thought I understood, I thought I knew, but this little boy taught me more than I'll ever be able to thank him for what he taught me in that season. Um, and beginning to work with him on a daily basis and seeing the areas of struggle that he was facing and seeing this, these huge explosions, these huge reactions to what was happening. And then we would sit and talk about it after and I began to recognize, oh my goodness, he doesn't want to be this way. He doesn't desire, he's not wanting to be angry. He's not wanting to act out in this way. It's happening to him and he's this poor hostage stuck in this body experiencing this roller coaster ride that's coming over him. And, and in that moment I realized, oh my goodness, I've got, I had it wrong all these years with Ryan. I always assumed, oh, why is he choosing to feel this way again? Why can't he just pull himself out of the pit and just get himself sorted out and get going on his own? And I realized, oh, this isn't his choice. This isn't what he wants. It's not his decision to begin going down this path. It's happening to him. And so then my perspective changed from being frustrated at him and then to, a, to now a perspective of, wow, I want to help him. I feel badly that this is happening to him and this is a, he's having to experience this, this crazy realm of emotions, whether it's anger, fear, frustration, anxiety that is coming upon him. And so then it began to shift this interaction of, I don't have to now be frustrated that this is happening, but now I get to say, oh, Holy Spirit, I want to help. I want to help this person wherever they're at in their struggles and be there as their partner. And a big thing, a big way to partner with somebody, uh, if you've never dealt with people with mental health, or maybe you're in a situation, you have no idea what you're doing, is finding a strategy that works for them. What strategy is their trigger that helps them get in that moment? We talk a lot about this with the kids that I work with, but in our relationship, I, I began to see it happening at school and seeing incredible results. So then I came home to Ryan. I was like, hey, let's try this. He's like, I, I am, hated it. I'm, I'm like, I'm not, not I'm not in grade three. Stop it. <laughs> but I'm a grown man. Time. Time went worked. on, <laughs> yes, and it began to work. And he complied and said, sure, let's try it. And so we began to do something as simple as breathing or something as simple as putting on a, a song that would just kind of switch your mind to another zone. There's so many different strategies. Look them up. Find one that works for you. Find one that works for the person that you're helping. But for us, it was breathing. So sometimes I would just, I would recognize, oh, I see the, the, the cues of what's going to begin to erupt into something big. And I would just say, hey, and I would just start to take deep breaths. 
and I would just be that calm person in support instead of a frustration of, oh, here we go again down this path. It was, no, okay, here I go. He needs me to be strong in this moment, so I'm going to... And when you breathe, there's a, there's a... There's a vein. There's a vein in the back of your stomach that when you breathe deep enough, it sends a message to your brain to calm down. Yeah. So it's it was your breathing. It's a restart, and I'm holding my breath. And she's saying, breathe, and I'm like, I am breathing. And she's like, no, you're not. You look like your veins popping out of your neck, and... You're white as a ghost. You're going to pass out. <laughs> so it's finding those strategies, finding the strategies that work and being a partner um, and realizing that it's not an overnight fix. It doesn't happen overnight. It's not all of a sudden, okay, now our problems are all solved and here we go. This is never going to happen again. Surely we will never experience that level of anger or frustration or anxiety ever again because, ooh, look at us. We're doing well. The goal is not to just that these emotions would never happen again because we are created in the image of God. And if we see throughout scripture, God exhibits all of these different emotions and, and, and characteristics and feelings throughout scripture. So it's not bad to feel these things, but the goal now is to be able to partner with whoever you're partnering with and to be able to shorten the time. Maybe it was two, three days of getting stuck in that feeling. And now we can shorten it down to a few hours, maybe, or maybe even a, a, an hour or a half an hour where we're, yeah. where we're able to now move forward and, and begin to see breakthrough come in those personal lives. So don't get discouraged. Don't give up. Don't see like, oh my gosh, how come we're here again? Why are we experiencing this again in this relationship? No, be encouraged. Look back and say, wow, we used to get stuck like this for so long and now look at the progress that we're making. I think that's so important to recognize those moments. Yeah, amen. Come on, let's go on to the third one here uh, today. And again, these are pretty practical, but we wanted to give you what we believe to be, often people will have one, but not the other. And we think all, all of these things are important to have in line in your life. Come on, we have a relationship with Jesus. You got to get a pastor, a partner in your life. Come on, and you got to have community. Yes. A group of people that support you and speak truth to your life. Come on, there's a, there's a false idea. And this really started with the Roman Catholic Church in the middle 300s when uh, they instituted uh, buildings and, uh, and, and hierarchy and churches uh, that, the, that our faith in God or our walk with Jesus is a, is a lone journey. It's an individual journey. But being a follower of Jesus Christ was never, ever meant to be about you alone or my personal experience. That is a North American consumeristic uh, fool's tale that we're supposed to do this on our own. No, we were created. We see it in Acts chapter two. We see it in Acts chapter four with the foundation of the local church. We do this together. You do this in community. You do this one to another. Come on, look at this verse. James 5, 16. Confess your sins to each other. Pray for each other. Come on, look at the result. So that you may be healed. Come on, this is happening in our groups where people are sitting around confessing their sin to each other. And it's like, okay, here we go. Like, let's do this. And there's spiritual growth and there's spiritual health and it's life-changing. Look at this in uh, uh, Galatians 6.2. Share each other's burdens. Come on, share it. You're struggling with something. I'm struggling with something. You're having a bad day. I'm having a bad day. In this way, we obey the law of Christ. What's the law of Christ? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. You're putting yourself in the shoes. Hey, community, our groups are the backbone of what we do. And if you say, man, you are not intended to be alone. What happens is when I go through my moments of anxiety or fear or hopelessness, you know, the last thing that I want to do is spend time with you. 
The last thing I want to do, and all what happens is the devil starts capitalizing on my mind. And I start thinking to myself, the last thing I want to do is be on a conversation with Andrew Ling. I don't want to talk to these people. I don't want to go to this group. I don't want to be around these church folks. I want to be alone. I want to sit in my room. I want to sit in my shed. I want to turn the fire on. And I don't want to talk to nobody. Why? Because I don't need no one. I can do this on my own. And guess what happens? The, 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 the victim tank starts getting fueled up. And I start feeling like a victim. And the devil's like, yeah, you're right. You should feel like that. You no one, no one does like you and no one does want you around and you are a failure and you aren't very good. And then the enemy gets me isolated and then the Holy Spirit say, no, Ryan, hang out with Andrew Lee and he'll speak life into you. Come on, hang out in your group. They're gonna speak life into you. Come on, they're gonna speak the word of God into you. Come on, they're gonna pray for you. Come on, they're gonna get you in. I don't want it. They have to do it. It's vital to your existence and your mental health is to fight the urge to isolate yourself and go to your group. And tell them, I'm having a crappy day. Yeah. I don't want to be here. Yeah. I don't want to be here today, but I'm here today because I know Pastor Ryan told me to be here. <laughs> and he says, I got to be in community and I know it's the best thing for me, but I hate it. Right, Steph? It's true. It's the truth. I hate it. <laughs> but I do it anyways. Yes. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> when we're looking at being a part of a community, I think it's really important to remember that in our community should be a safe place to communicate what we've been battling with. The lie of the enemy is to say, just isolate yourself. You don't need community. You can do this on your own. But the truth of the matter is that we were actually created for relationship. God made us. The purpose in him, him creating us as human beings was because he wanted to hang out with us. He wanted relationship with us. And so we were, if we're created as an image, like I always go back to that point, then we truly must be also like God in that way in that we are designed to be in relationship. We were not designed to do life alone. We were not designed to be isolated. And so get in community, find somebody else to do life with, find a group that you connect with. If you're in a community now, maybe you're not in one of our amazing groups and you're just doing community elsewhere and you're like, ah, this isn't really working for me. I'm trying to do community. I'm trying not to be isolated, but maybe this isn't healthy. And it's good to evaluate that. It's good to say, stop and say, man, are the people I'm surrounding myself with healthy influences my life? Are they the ones that are spurring me towards what God's word said? Are they pushing me towards what he has for me? Or are they causing me to get even more deeply into the muck of what I'm already in. And so it's good. It's good to stop sometimes and say, hey, maybe I'm not surrounding myself with the right community. Let, find a safe place, a good place, a healthy place, a place that you're surrounded by other believers where they can spur you forward. Because in Hebrews 10, 24 to 25, it says, and let us consider how to stir one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some. So hey, we all fall into that category sometimes. But encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. And so let's find a place that we can stir one another up to love, that we can encourage one another. Uh, Solomon says this in Ecclesiastes 4, 9 to, to 10. Two can accomplish more than twice as much as one, for the results can be much better. If one falls, the other pulls him up. But if a man falls when he is alone, he is in trouble. Also, on a cold night, two under the same blanket gain warmth from one another. But how can one be warm alone? And one standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two standing back to back and con back to back and conquer. Is that right? Yeah, back to back, and then you conquer. Okay, I like I'm, my my brain's not there. Not not forward because you can't see your enemy. You can't stand nose to nose. I feel like it's straight and can conquer. Three is but even better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. So hey, if we're doing life in isolation, this is what happens. We are alone and we're in trouble. Then we can't find warmth. And we're attacked and defeated. So doing life alone, 
Doesn't sound super awesome. Yeah, and look what happens when you do. It says, firstly, if one falls, the other pulls them up. Yeah. The danger in unhealthy community is that they want to get in the pit with you. Yeah. They want to get in there with you. Maybe they want to help you say, you know what? Let's just go get trash. Let's just go get drunk. Let's drink our worries away. Or maybe they're like, you know what, let's go, you know, they do some, maybe it's an unhealthy thing. That's just an example. Maybe, whatever it might be, maybe like, yeah, you're right, you should feel that way, or you should be angry, or you're right, it is a depressing season. COVID sucks, doesn't it? You know, like, you get into the, they want to get into the pit with you. No, healthy community says, you know what, I'm going to pull you out of that pit. I ain't going to let you stand in there anymore. I'm going to give you permission to feel. I know this sucks. I know this feels very real to you. And I'm going to give you permission to sit in that pit for a minute. But I'm going to give you about one hour. And in one hour, I'm going to come back and I'm going to yank you out of that pit with God's word. I ain't going to let you sit there anymore. Well, look what it says. It says also that under the same blanket, you give work to each other. How do you, this is talking about body heat. When two people get under a blanket and there's body heat, their bodies are together. There's a vulnerability there. You are up close in each other's business. It's like in there, right? You are vulnerable. You're being honest. You're being upfront. Come on. If you, you're, you're not in a community where you can tell the deepest, darkest parts of your life, it ain't a healthy community. You need to be able to say, I'm struggling and I'm not doing well. And here's some real stuff about my life. And I've been looking into this and doing that and going here. You got to be in an environment where you can do life together. And lastly, look what it says, where two can stand back to back and conquer. Come on, that means they get in the fight with you. They get in the back, they've got their weapon out and they're circling with you, fighting off your enemy. They jumped in with you. They didn't have to fight that enemy. No, they got in with you. Why? Because it's healthy community and you're doing it together. Come on, here's our last one here uh, today. Come on, you gotta start with your personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Come on, how's your walk with Christ? Have you yielded every area of your life to him? You say, Ryan's too hard. Yeah, it is. It costs you something. Mm-hmm. It, it, it requires everything to follow after Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Amen, church? Yes, amen. This isn't just an easy access point. I want you to know that. The love of Jesus Christ and the unforgiveness of Christ, or the, the forgiveness of Christ in your life is absolutely available to you. The free life, the abundant life, the transformative life, but it does require you and I to say, okay. I'm going to repent of my sin and I am going to turn to Jesus Christ. There is transformation in your life when you do that. Come on, you got to get a partner. You got to get somebody kicking you in the spiritual butt, getting you going in your journey, speaking into your life. You got to be open to that. Thirdly, you got to get in a community. We, We call those groups. Come on, get into a community. Peers, people you can share life with. The last one is this. Come on, this is probably one of the most important is practical. You got to choose to play your part in the change God wants in your life. God, partner, community, and practical. Mm-hmm. You know, so for so long in my life, I wanted God to change me. For so long, I'd say, God, why, why aren't you helping me? And I felt like sometimes, like that joke, you know, when this guy, there's a flood and he's on top of that roof. And he says, God, help me. And this guy in a canoe comes by and says, hey, can I help you? He says, no, God's going to send help. And then... <laughs> Another guy comes by on a raft. No, God's going to send help. And a helicopter comes by and no, God's going to send help. And then the guy dies and goes to heaven and says, God, why didn't you help me? He goes, you fool. I sent you three people. <laughs> like, come on now. You got to get in the boat. You got to take that step forward. You got to get going. Like, and so I don't want you to think I'm being insensitive tonight. Today, we've talked about all the things God does in your life. But now you and I have to make an effort and step forward. There's a scripture I was reading in the book of Exodus and the people of Israel had just been eradicated from, from Egypt. They're no longer slaves to Egypt anymore. They've been set free by God. 
And then they just, just literally hours after this moment, it says the Pharaoh approached the people of Israel, looked up in panic when they saw the Egyptians overtaking them. They cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? It's just hours after God eradicated them from Egypt. Weren't there enough graves for us in Egypt? What have you done to us? Why did you make us leave Egypt? Don't, didn't we tell you this would happen while we were still in Egypt? Man, it sounds like a negative narrative going on in this guy's mind. We said, leave us alone. Let us be slaves to the Egyptian. It's better to be a slave in Egypt than a corpse of wilderness. This is just too hard. There's too much going on. The devil's too big. This situation's too hard. And look what Moses says. Moses says, listen, don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue today. The Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. So Moses is like, hey, hang out. You're never going to see him again. The Lord himself is going to fight for you. Just stay calm. And then the Lord spoke to Moses. Moses, why are you crying out to me? Yeah. Tell the people to get moving. Yes. Why are we praying? Why are you still praying about this matter? You know you should give up this area of your life. You know you should forgive. You know you should give God access to the area of your life. Get moving. Yeah. Come on, let's move forward yeah. in some of these areas of our life. And I'm not just preaching to you today. I'm preaching to me. I had to stop and realize, okay, God, there are some areas of my life that I got to start moving forward. Why? Because the scripture says in 2 Peter 1, 3, by his divine power, God has given us everything that we need for living a godly life. And we've received all this of, of this by coming to know him. Look what he says. In view of all this, make every effort to respond to God's promises by supplementing your faith. And he goes through and says, come on, just start adding these things to your faith. And look what Peter says in this verse. The more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge. Where does knowledge happen? In your mind. The more productive and the more useful you will be in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. But those who fail to develop in this way are short-sighted and blind. I was short-sighted. I had forgotten that Jesus had redeemed me from my sin and set me free and conquered the grave and transformed my mind and transformed my heart and gave me a new life. And I just sat there and said, okay, God, are you gonna take me all the way? He says, no, Ryan, you gotta pick your foot up today and take a step. You gotta start, you gotta start leaning in, brother. You gotta start doing what I've asked you to do. Come on, there's just a few practical things we wanna end on today. As we look at, making those practical steps forward. Sometimes one of those practical steps that, that we've done in our life and, and, and have encouraged many to do is seek professional Christian counseling and sometimes even Christian. look at Christian counseling and sometimes even look at what does it look like to, to partner with some medication in your life. And, 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 and just like we kind of talked about earlier about how that partner that we, that we have to be in order to be really effective, we need to be led by the Holy Spirit. That's why we're saying Christian counseling. Sometimes I think we go to other counselors and then we just wonder why we're still feeling a little bit stuck. We need to find somebody that can partner with us who also is being led by the Holy Spirit, who also has a personal relationship with Jesus so they can lead us towards and lead us forward in the things that Jesus has for us. Because uh, our, our, our minds and our perspectives and our thoughts are very different when we, when, we, when we don't know Jesus, right? And so partner with somebody who's a Christian counselor. If you're watching today and you're saying, boy, I would love to do that. I just don't know where to start. Please reach out to us. We would love to um, partner you with some incredible Christian counselors that we've used, people in our church have used, and it's been such a helpful tool. And so um, please let us know. And sometimes maybe even, I know like when we began our journey, when we, we were seeing a counselor a little bit ago, and um, 
I just didn't really know, neither of us knew how to help each other, I think. And so that counselor even gave us some tools and things to be able to begin to work together. And so that might even be a really great place to start. And then medication might be another area to look into, not as an end-all be-all, not as a quick fix to something. Because like we said, none of this is a quick fix. It's all in partnership together with Jesus as the number one and having a partner and being in community. Sometimes medication is also needed as a step to not um, just make everything go away, but to, uh, as a step to just say, hey, I'm so deep in this. My mind is so foggy right now. I can't possibly begin to dive into the deep things that have brought me to this place. And so sometimes that medication is just a little bit of a partnership and a help to be able to allow your mind to go to a place where you're able to delve deeply into the things that, that the root and the issues that are causing you to feel the way that you're feeling. And so sometimes that can be a short-term season. Sometimes it can be a longer-term season. We know that it's uh, been a tremendous help. Maybe not even a, a, a prescribed medical prescription. Sometimes there's even supplements that you can take or eating things that Ryan will go through. Vitamin D. Help. Come on, somebody. Vitamin D. But lots of different ways. But just know that our, when our, our minds are an organ of our body. And so if any other, or if my lungs were not working properly, I would not just sit by and just let that destroy who I was and, and be sick all the time, I would go to the doctor and I would say, hey, something's not right. I need help. Please help me figure out a plan to move forward. Just in the same way, our mind is also an organ that sometimes just needs a little bit of partnership. And so I know that we were hesitant on medication when we started this journey of mental health, just looking into things deeper, but it has been such an incredible tool. And so I want to encourage you, if you haven't considered before, ask your doctor, partner with uh, the your partner and the different pastors in your life to see if that might be an option for you in this season. And another awesome thing is exercise. Come on, buddy. This Look is, at this chiseled body. Oh, he's really getting on it. No, um, this is not a 30-day shred. I mean, getting your six-pack on, none of that stuff. I, that's just, I mean, for us, it's just not who we are. Maybe it's you, though. But if you're like, oh, I hate exercising, oh, me too. But find something that you enjoy. Maybe it's just a simple walk. Maybe it's a, maybe it's, maybe you enjoy um, ice skating or doing your bike or different things like that. But find something that you enjoy doing. Maybe it's even sometimes there was a season where we just put on Just Dance. We, we told the kids that we owned the video game, but we really didn't. We just put it on YouTube, and they'd think they're getting all the We points. were poor. <laughs> YouTube. Look, it's, and it's we a were, PlayStation 3. Right? <laughs> and we would just dance in our family room. And just that alone releases when you're exercise you're actually allowing your blood to flow and release um just different endorphins in your brain to just allow you to just think a little bit more clearly to kind of get your head spun on the right direction for the day and face whatever challenges because you're going to face challenges in your day but why not start in a way that allows your body to be prepared and be in a good space to be able to conquer those things you know it's proven that a walk every day releases a uh, certain amount of chemicals in your body to be able to process information. And if you look at, they're called blue zones across the world. Blue zones are places where people live to 100 years old. And a common denominator outside of a half a glass of wine uh, is that they all walk. They all walk. And it's because I find over the years that when I walk, my mind begins, it gives my mind permission to process information that I was unable to process through trying to pound, like, like shred my body. All I'm thinking about is how my pecs look in the mirror, right? <laughs> when you're walking with the intention of, of exercising without the purpose of like looking hot, um, the goal would be to just release those information. And come on, the, the just two more thoughts here. Diet, come on. Uh, we encourage you not diet like, you know, go on the Atkins diet or whatever, if you can do that. But for me, honestly, you know, you look at a look at your alcohol intake. Maybe there's times you shouldn't or maybe you don't drink alcohol and you're no problem. Maybe you do. And, 
Like I, I, I'm a, I like beer and so I drink non-alcoholic beer and it's just something I had to shift because I found that it was better for my, for my, my body and for my, my thinking. A big one is a lot of people struggle with anxiety. I'm like, tell me about your life. Man, I struggle with anxiety. I'm like, okay, let me ask you a really deep theological question. Like, okay, I'm like, how many cups of coffee do you drink a day? And they're like, why like five? I'm like, well, there you go. <laughs> Stop drinking the like, you know, the, the, the deepest, darkest roast with the heaviest stuff. And you're like, I'm oh, struggling so bad. It's like, just try not drink coffee. I encourage you, what I do in the morning is I drink a, you know, I try to drink two huge things of lemon water. And it's also proven the top, top 10 things people do, Fortune 500 people who are very successful, every one of them drinks a huge glass of lemon water. And what it does is actually gets your metabolism going. It actually starts your metabolism turning. And so if you're drinking coffee for the first thing on an empty stomach and you struggle with anxiety, I just want to tell you now, I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. Come on, get some water in your system. You say, that's so stupid. No, sometimes I didn't even think about this. Like, oh my gosh, I need a glass of water before I down 19,000 cups of caffeine, you know, juice, whatever. Last thing is, you know, just make sure that you, um, you know, that you just really be honest with about your body and your health and things like that. Last was this, is that you got to find a purpose. Now, let me say this. For those of you who are followers of Jesus today, we have the greatest purpose on the planet. It's called uh, leading people to Jesus Christ. And we do that through the only instrument and tool by which we will do that is through the local church. So we create space for you to serve. And yeah, right now it's a little challenging. We want to encourage you. We're trying to open back up. Come on, somebody. Join a team. Get on a team, even if it's picking up trash or if it's helping on the video team or it's at your group, find a purpose. For me, I got a dog this year and it's been the best favor I've ever had because little V, I just rub her head vigorously as often as I need to. And it just helps me. Like it's proven that animals help people in their lives. And so maybe you need to get a dog or, you know, maybe you need to help somebody on your street or maybe you need to give to, you know, serve at the mustard seed or, you know, something like that. Whatever it might be for you, gotta find a purpose for your life. We talk to people and say, man, I'm struggling with depression. I'm like, well, why do you get out of bed every morning? Well, I don't even know. I don't really have a purpose. Find a purpose. We find our purpose in the name of Jesus Christ. He gives us identity and value and purpose. And I want to pray for you today that you're going to experience that in your life. Come on. I know we went a big time over today, which we don't often do. But we wanted to take the time just to take this practical moment for those of you who are struggling. And I want to end with this last verse today. This last verse, sorry, I didn't put up all those on the, on the screen, all those different things, but I, I bet you got it. Philippians 3.13. Brothers and sisters, I want you to know, I myself don't think that I've reached this. <laughs> I struggle every day of my life in the area of, of mental struggles in my own life. But well, there's one thing that I do. I'm gonna forget about the things behind me. I'm gonna forget about the struggles I had yesterday. I'm gonna forget about the overwhelming anxiety and depression and hopelessness that I struggled with yesterday. I'm gonna forget about the things that I dealt with in my past and the unforgiveness and the pain of yesterday. And there's one thing that I'm gonna do. I'm gonna reach out for the things that are ahead of me. I'm gonna reach out towards an abundant life. I'm gonna reach out towards the life that God has for me. I'm gonna reach out towards a whole marriage and a life of, of wholeness and peace and joy. God has that for you. I wanna promise that for your life today. I know you feel hopeless and I know you feel overwhelmed and I know you feel like there's no future, but I'm here to prophesy to your soul today. There is a future and a hope for you. And it starts by giving your name or giving your life to the name of Jesus Christ by starting a personal relationship with him. Even if you've been a Christian your whole life, let's start again today, man. Let me pray for you. Father, we pray. Father, we pray today for everyone watching. We start today by saying, Jesus, we want you to be the leader of our life. 
Holy Spirit, we let you change our minds. God, we let you transform us today. We are so tired of trying to live in this world without you. And so we say, Father, will you forgive us of our sin? And we repent and we turn from every area of our life, God, that doesn't put you in the center. We put you first. And we confess with our mouth and we believe in our heart that Jesus Christ, you're Lord. And we believe that you're going to turn our lives around today. And so I pray, Holy Spirit, for all those who are struggling in their life, no matter what they're struggling with, they would know that God, there, there is a God, his name is Emmanuel, who is with us today and that you can help us and guide us in the mighty and powerful name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus.